Hey, what's up? What's up? It's your man Sam from Just Talk with Sam podcast. Man, we got a great one for you guys today. Uh, special guest will be calling into this podcast, Mr. Dweezil Zappa. Look, guys, I have been looking up to Dweezil Zappa pretty much throughout my life. I mean, whether it be some of his experience as a um, MTV DJ, Duckman, um, he had a cooking show at one point. I've seen him live many times. Zappa plays Zappa, Electric Church, all of the above. He's calling his podcast so he can talk about a new project he's been working on pretty. And he's very, very, very passionate about. It's called Reward Music. So we're going to jump into that um, in this podcast. And obviously, we'll talk Reward Music. We won't get into all of that. But, I mean, come on, man. I got to do Zappa here. You better believe I'm asking some questions. So... Before we get started on this jam-packed, fun um, podcast, we got to pay some bills. So please, uh, go for everything related to the podcast here at samshownation.com. Right there on the homepage and current promotion page. Please check out samshownation.com. Right there in the corner, if you're looking, there is a donate button. We've been doing this for years, and that donate button has been helping keep the free funny free. So if you want to donate, great. It goes right into this podcast. Every single cent goes into this podcast to make it a bigger, better, greater podcast. Speaking of the podcast itself, maybe you're one of those people who want a little bang for their buck. You can always go to the store link and you can get all your Just Talk With Sam podcast swag there. Whatever your t-shirts, hats, stickers, whatever you need, it's all right there. So you go through your daily life and say, hey, I really like this podcast. Please go through to um, check them out. Speaking of the podcast itself, you can go to samshownation.com to get that podcast link. And by hitting the podcast link, you can catch up on all of your podcasts right then and there. Maybe you listen to podcasts a little bit differently. Um, the Just Talk With Sam podcast is wherever podcasts can be found. So you can always check us out, whether it be Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Apple um, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, The Big Dogs. Um, you got uh, CastBox. You got um, also Amazon Podcasts. You know... We're pretty new to them, but we're making our headway over there. So however you listen to podcasts, put it out there. Just talk with Sam Podcast. No gin talk. Before we get started, we got a few uh, promotions this week. And we're just going to get right into it. The first one is the good folks at Target. Target, yes, that Target. The Target you go to, the department store. Yes, that Target. Target is saying every deal that you need you can check out their most popular deals and you can check out some deals that you need whether it be weekly ads red card gift ideas registry whatever target got you covered and especially this week to the people who waited to the last minute you can expect more and pay less here at target you can get everything you need for halloween whether that be halloween candy toys uh costumes Whatever you need for the ghosts and goblins in your life, please go ahead and check it out. You only got seven days to save as of this recording right now. So please check them out. They got uh, buy one, get one deals up to 25% off trick-or-treat candy. You can get um, everything you need for Halloween. Hurry up because you don't have a lot of time. The best place to do it is go to samshownation.com. If you click that target link, get whatever you need right then and there. You can pick it up on your friendly neighborhood target so please check out the weekly ad and get on the deals get on their most popular deals some of these deals that you kind of waited too late for my halloween partner so please go ahead with samshownation.com click the target link expect more save less at target excuse me expect yeah expect more save more at target Next sponsor is good folks at Omaha Steaks. You go to samshownation.com, you click that Omaha Steaks link, and we're getting ready. This is one of the high holidays, getting ready for cooking, and that is Thanksgiving. Now, whether you're doing steaks, you can do that, non-traditional, whatever, or you could go more traditional route, turkey, um, poultry, wine, gifts, whatever you need good folks at Omaha Steaks, they got you covered. 
It is what it is. Whether you're feeding your family or you're having a massive blowout, please do it with social distancing. Omaha Steaks got you covered with everything that you would need for your holiday feast. So please go to samshownation.com. Click the Omaha Steak link and get whatever package that you need. Maybe you need the ultimate grilling assortment. Maybe you need uh, the um, New York Strip combo. Maybe you need, you know, maybe just the banquet of classics. That's the name of it. It's all right there. They have amazing deals in their sales section. The deal of the days and their monthly specials. So please go to samshownation.com. Click the Omaha Steaks link. Be ready to cook. And lastly, certainly not leastly, Amazon.com. Amazon.com has everything you need from A to Z. Who are we kidding? If you was getting on the internet, you know a thing or two about Amazon.com. It's almost mandatory that you go to Amazon.com. But one thing I want you to do when you're at Amazon.com, whether you checking out Prime, checking out movies like Borat, I still got to watch it, uh, holiday deals, getting to jump on that. Put in Dweezil Zap in the search bar. Our guest. I, I'm pretty sure he'll appreciate that. You can check out a lot of his uh, works thus far, whether that be Return of, Return of the Son of, um, my personal favorite, Zappa Plays Zappa, um, and other projects that Dweezil Zappa has been a part of. Whether that just been music, uh, some of the uh, video stuff that we talked about, all things Dweezil Zappa comes up when you put his name in the search bar. So please go ahead, go to Amazon.com via SanshoNation.com, put in Dweezil Zappa in the search bar, and um, I'm pretty sure you'll like what you got. So here's what we're going to do. I am going to get ready for this phone call where I talk to my special guest, Dweezil Zappa, and uh, we're going to chop it up in this interview. But I'll see you guys in about 90 seconds. This is Just Talk With Sam Podcast, y'all. Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Just put your name on it. You don't talk about it. Be about it. I don't know this like right now. Seriously. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, Joe. Obviously, if y'all just listen, we, we never write this out. Dweezil, thank you so much for calling into the podcast. Man, this has been awesome. And uh, before we get started, I just want to check in. How are you doing with the COVID situation? You're on lockdown. Please tell me what's going on. Well, it's been a little crazy. I'm sure everybody's got their own version of crazy, but uh, we started the lockdown once we were uh, we were on tour. We were all finishing a tour. We it ended up being uh, canceled two weeks. Uh, you know, we had two weeks left in the tour, and ever since then, uh, you know, we we've barely been out of the house, and obviously can't do any music, uh, live performances. So we've had to try to figure out the best way that we could move forward. And uh, one of the things that I worked really hard on even before the tour, uh, was, was working on a platform that's called reward music. 
and it's a it's a way that particularly now will be helpful to all artists because it's a way for artists to have a direct relationship with their fans where artists get 100% of all the sales, but they also reward their fans for all of the uh, activities and support their fans do for them. So we've launched this platform now, and that's one of the things that I've been working most on during this whole lockdown period is getting it up and running, getting bands signed up and using the site and having awareness for fans that particularly now, the best thing you can do if you're a music lover and you have bands that you like, you should support them directly because um, all the middlemen and all these other things that exist in the world of uh, entertainment, you know, right now, everybody needs the, the support. Um, you know, bands are struggling. The crews are struggling. It's, it's a tough time. So, you know, we're, we're doing what we can, but this platform, Reward Music, is, is designed to help people. And I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to talk about it mainly because um, you are teaming up with some companies very close to me here in Milford, Michigan. I mean, I'm in Detroit. That is right up the road. And to start this platform, and one thing I'm pretty sure you know, Detroit Rock City. I mean, so we had a lot of bands that were sidelined by the COVID crisis. And quite honestly, um, myself, if I want to talk selfishly, because a lot of the times on the podcast, we have bands, we have musicians. And it's kind of hard to reach out to someone when they're not really around. So kind of hurt all the way, you know, it's like a full circle thing, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky time, not only because everything came to a complete halt, but it's a, it's a time where everybody has a moment where they can start to reflect on things and see things with a new perspective. So let's look at the music industry for, uh, for a second, put it under the microscope. During this time where bands can't tour at all, that is the majority of every musician's income these days is actual live performances. So it's been taken away completely. And the, the previous thing that was taken away from artists, uh, you know, more than a decade ago was album sales. So album sales used to be a big thing for a number of reasons, because obviously you'd make money on the sale of the album, but it was also driving publishing money, sales, uh, and uh, figures for uh, collection of, of money for royalties on the actual music itself. And so with that having dwindled to almost nothing, and now live music being taken away from musicians, there's really no place for musicians to go except to say, hey, look at it as the same example of somebody playing music in the street with their guitar case open and their hat open and they're saying, hey, we're playing music. If you like it, you know, throw a dollar in here. That's the closest thing that anybody has at this point to having a direct relationship between a musician and a and a fan is is that street busking you know busker kind of situation so what the biggest cause of this uh, other problem is you look at a company like um Spotify which for a consumer sounds so great it sounds really appealing you have access to millions of songs you don't even have to own the songs you're just ranking them and that means that people just are paying for a membership to have access to music, and they're not paying for the music itself. Mm. So the people that really like music are not actually supporting musicians. They're supporting Spotify because they're just part of their membership system. So the value of music has been transferred to a membership service industry, and that's the biggest problem going forward for musicians who cannot tour anymore is the value of what they do has been taken from them. And and I'll, I'll give it to you in another way so you can have some perspective. Also, because Michigan is an automotive state, uh, if you are a car company, uh, let's say you want to rent a car to someone, 
the car rental company still has to buy the car from the automaker, right? They have to buy that before right. they can rent it. But Spotify doesn't buy the music from the musicians before they rent it to the people. They get it for free. So that's the biggest difference here. And that's why, again, Reward Music is all about trying to create the ability and musicians and, uh, and, and bands to have a permission-based relationship that's a completely symbiotic relationship where the more the fan supports the artist, the more rewards they get, then things cost less for them. They get a better deal on a T-shirt or music. But you also get exclusive content, and you have the ability to have everything all in one place. That's what Reward Music does. It puts every artist's content, all their music, videos, merchandise, everything all in one place. So it's easy to get to. You don't have to get distracted by a rabbit hole of other stuff. Uh, if you want to support the artists, you go directly to them. And again, you know, that that's the biggest challenge for musicians at this point. And, uh, you know, that's what we've been working so hard for this whole lockdown time, the last seven months. And we have this thing up and running and it actually is working and it's going to grow. It's not intended to be an overnight success. It's a thing that is out there for anybody that loves to do music or if it's their professional career, this is the way for you to have a direct connection with your fan base. Now, Deweezer, one thing I kind of wanted to talk about, especially reading about reward music, and it sounds great, but um, we live in a world of social media and artists like yourself are multiversal. Like, uh, one of my first exposure to you as a person, as an artist, had nothing to do with music. I watched Duckman growing up. You were the voice of Ajax. So from there, that's when I learned about uh, I'm showing my age here a little bit, but um, because I was a kid and I was just so happy to be up late when they showed Duckman. And then I followed you towards your uh, guest appearances as an MTV BJ. Then from there, Zappa plays Zappa. And then um, experience Hendrix at the Fox that just came here right before everything like really went crazy. So the reason I bring that up with reward music is like an artist such as yourself that um, for lack of a better term, just want to put themselves out there in multiple projects. Will that be allowed, or is it just strictly music? No, it's uh, the beauty of reward music is that you, as an artist, can take whatever you do, whatever your interests are, and you can put them all in one place. So let's say you uh, have the ability to teach music lessons. You can have your music lessons be... You can do live streaming, like town hall class style things where you can have, uh, I think at least up to a hundred, um, students all at once. And you can put all of these things, uh, as a pay per view system. Everything can be subscribable as well. So you could have a podcast and you could host it on a reward music site, and everything would be tied to your own bank account, and you get 100% of the sales. Mm. So the point that of the question, I guess, is there's no um, reason that you couldn't have multiple interests or multiple projects and have them all be reflected in what you do, and there's no exclusive contract with reward music. It's not like you uh, can only do one thing. You have total flexibility, and that's the beauty of it, is that you can have all of the things that you do be available in one easy-to-find location. Because if you look at what artists are trained to do now, is they use social media and they use multiple platforms and they try to become ubiquitous and cast, you know, cast the widest net to reach the most amount of people, hoping that... You, you know, for lack of a better description, that they're going to make a dollar off a million people. You know, let's say, let's cast, the, you know, the widest net and see if we can get uh, a dollar from somebody, right? So instead, why not make a curated experience where you can give somebody a great experience, they can have contact with you, you can have your best content available to them, but you're dealing with a core audience that maybe you have 10,000 people, but they may be more inclined to make more purchases and end up spending $100. 
So you end up making the same amount of money, but you have the better um, experience for the fans because you're giving them better content and a better way to be in touch with you and in communication with you. And that's the, the lesson for fans and artists is really instead of thinking of trying to have this massive following where you see people that have tens of millions of followers, most of which are fake because these accounts are not real on the um, the internet or the social media stuff, you want to really break it down to like, okay, who are the actual real core fans and have that relationship with, with those people. And it's going to be different for every artist, but it's still uh, something worth working towards is having a realistic relationship with your core fans. That's awesome, um, Dweezil, but, and that's not a but, in addition to, I, I do have more of a question, and I hope you don't mind me using you as an example because you're a multifaceted sure. artist. Um, but, okay, what would that do with something like diversity? Like, check it, you were a guy who were in movies, TV, music. I think you had a cooking show at one point. Yep. And I guess what I'm getting at is, like, you know how you have those super fans, and they may come up to you and they say, well, I know you from this thing, but I don't know you from that thing. Will reward music just kind of shut all of that down because we know you from that thing, or will that just, just, just work in addition to whatever they know you from? I hope that helps. Well, Matt... Imagine it like this. Uh, if the internet was created today, an artist would say, hey, you know what would be great? What if I could have a place where I could put everything that I do all in one place so that it's easy to find? And anything that anybody wants to know about me, they just go to this place and they can look it up. If, if they want to know about my interest in cooking, I can have a section for that. It's basically your website, but it's your uh, it's your ability. It's your full broadcast network. It's your uh, pay per view uh, ability. It's your hosting for podcasts. It's your anything anything that you can imagine that you would want to make that you wanted to show people or offer for sale. You can put it all there, and you have the ability to communicate with whoever your community is, and. So the problem is that the internet, uh, was, the artists got used to this idea somehow. They were, they're brainwashed into thinking that they have to put their stuff in, in all these different places and put it on all these different platforms. And, and when you do that, what happens is, uh, you are drawing people to these platforms, but you're not getting their, the emails of the people that you are bringing in. So your fans are giving away their information to these platforms who are then selling that information and making billions of dollars by advertising and selling the fans' emails. And so Reward Music is the opposite of that. When you are the artist and you have somebody come to you directly you are in control of the the data that's coming to you, and it's not information that's being shared or sold off. Reward Music doesn't take anything from the artist's website. Once you have your website up and running, your Reward Music-powered website, you are getting 100% of everything. You control everything that's on there. The reward music is only selling the bandwidth for you to host all of your audio and video. And that, that starts at $20 a month for an artist to be able to do that. So the, it's a, it's a low cost of business, but you're getting a hundred percent of the, the profit of whatever you're, you're putting out there. So again, going back to your question is ultimately, you can do anything you want. You can present any side of you that you want, your music, your interest in uh, cooking or teaching music or anything. You can make it all have value, and you can curate that experience for the, for the fans that would support you directly. Well, that's, I mean, all of this sounds awesome. Now, I want to ask the question. It's the hard question I want to ask you. 
Um, obviously you may not just be, um, what they say, I'm not the owner. I'm also a client, like the old school hair club for men commercials. I'm pretty sure you have already taken, you know, the mantle of putting some of your stuff on there. So what would you say your first dip my baby to in the water that Dweezil's putting out on, um, reward music? So, uh, just for people to fully understand, when you are using uh, the services of reward music, uh, you as an artist are essentially just creating your own website, but the website has all of these abilities uh, to give you broadcasting, live broadcasting abilities and pay-per-view and all of these things that um, typically, if you were going to have to try to make those things happen, you'd have to use five or six or seven other platforms, see if you could get them all to work together, and reward is all integrated. So for me, I do have my own site that's operating now. It's basically just dweezilzappa.com, and you, it's, it's, uh, reward music is powering my site because it has all the integrated things. But what I'm doing on there is what I've always done, which is offer music, T-shirts, videos, things that I can do uh, in the future are going to be, um, I'll be able to do uh, uh, hosting of, of some podcasts that I'm working on. I'll be doing guitar lessons live and recorded. I'll be doing um, a lot more stuff where I have video concert footage that I can start streaming things that I haven't had anything I could do with because there was no way to get it released without having to spend a lot of money for packaging and things. Now you have the ability to release things uh, in a digital format without having to manufacture a bunch of discs and artwork and all of these things. So things that might have been uh, not cost-effective to even bring to market you can actually bring to market now. And that's the kind of stuff that makes it possible for an artist to take advantage of their entire archives. They can uh, release demos and they can do whatever they want to do whenever they want to. They're, they're not on a specific release schedule. So uh, ultimately, it's freedom and flexibility. And I know that we're talking a lot about this one specific thing, but ultimately the, uh, the experience of an artist in today's modern music business, it's very, very difficult to, to get, you know, well, to sustain anything. You know, we've had everything, the rug's been ripped out from under us. So we're all trying to find a way to make that connection uh, and it doesn't mean that you can't use social media and and do things, but the what reward is is driving people to one place to make it easy for uh, finding everything. You can still use your Facebook and your Instagram and all this, you know, YouTube and whatever. And there's lots of people that do it where they will say, "Hey, if you like what I'm doing, you support me here," and they'll send you to their Patreon or they'll send you to their website. And there's nothing different about promoting that way. A reward is set up to be able to do the same thing. It's one location, except that reward can integrate so many other things that other businesses can't. And that's what's worth exploring about reward music. Now, Dweezo, you write and you you said it best. We are talking a lot about reward music, mainly because I know that's something you're passionate about. And quite honestly, it's something I'm interested about. That's why I'm asking you so many questions about it, because I just kind of want to jump into it myself, you know. But if you want, I can keep this about um, reward music. But I got to say, I, I have been a fan of your work for some time. Do you mind if I ask a couple super fan questions? Because that's the part for the people. But at this point, this is, I'm being selfish. This is for me. Hey, absolutely. I, you know, I certainly don't want this to be like an infomercial. I just want people to know that reward music exists and it's here to help people. And we're, we're happy to uh, assist anyone with any questions and, and whatnot. So 
anything else you want to talk about, I'm I'm happy to jump right in. Yeah, I wanted to talk about reward music, but um, as a fan, I gotta. I, I mean, it's almost like maximizing my time since I have it with you, and thank you for giving us that. But I just want to ask some things that um, that I thought I knew, and maybe you can give me some clarity. Like, sure. um, obviously, uh, you met the late great Eddie Van Halen when you was twelve. Yeah. Um, and he helped produce your mother. Uh, my mother's a space cadet. Correct. Now, I'm curious. I'm having a super fan moment. Did you have the same thing? But growing up in that family where you, you were just like, oh, it's just Eddie Van Halen. It's just Wednesday, whatever. Did you treat it the same way? Well, it was beyond a super fan moment. You know, so let's put it into perspective because back when I got to meet Edward for the first time when I was 12, there was no MTV, there was no internet. So the only way that you knew about musicians at that time was you listened to their music and you read the liner notes and you looked at whatever pictures you could see in the album or in any magazine you could find and you read interviews. And if you were lucky, you might have heard an actual interview on the radio. But musicians weren't really on television. They weren't being interviewed. So you didn't know much about them. And the way that I ended up meeting Edward Van Halen was pretty crazy because I was listening to their records, mainly the Fair Warning album and the first album. I was 12 years old. I'd been listening to that stuff on a, on a loop for, for months. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, a call comes into our house. And it's a guy that says he's Eddie Van Halen. And my mom answers the phone, and she's talking to this guy who says he's Eddie Van Halen. And then she looks at me, and she's like, this guy is saying he's Eddie Van Halen. So, of course, my ears perk up. I'm like, what? Eddie Van Halen on the phone. And then my dad ends up getting on the phone with him, and 15 minutes later, he shows up at our house. So my dad had talked to him and, and invited him over, and so he shows up at the house, and when he gets there, he's walking up this staircase, and there's lighting that makes it appear, like in my mind, this was a full-on superhero entrance where he's backlit with the smoke machine, and he's coming up the stairs in slow motion, and he's in the women and children first jumpsuit, and he's got a guitar in his hands, not even in a case. It's this guitar, this purple guitar with a piece of black tape over the headstock, so we couldn't tell what brand of guitar it was. And he walks in, and he gets into the recording studio that my dad had built at the house. And the first thing that happens after saying hello is I asked him to play some of the things that I had been listening to, and I got to see him play up close, Corruption and the intro to Mean Street. That's awesome. And these two things are massively influential in the world of guitar. And to see it up close... Like that, it was burned into my brain. Uh, like I will never forget seeing. Oh, that's where he plays it. That's how he's doing it. And I was able to be a better guitar player almost instantaneously just because I could see that stuff right then and there. And that was one of the coolest, craziest things that ever happened because it was so random. I understand. I I completely understand. And quite honestly, I know we talk about songs like Eruption. Um, a lot, mainly because that probably is like one of the best guitar songs or solos in your just ever. So like it does, even though you know, unfortunately he did pass and is getting a lot of play now. But that should be at the front of everyone's mind. That's my own personal opinion. But when you like, here's another super fan question I get. Uh, I wanted to always ask because, I mean, Dweezil, you have dedicated a chunk of your life, a good chunk of your life, um, you know, carrying your dad's legacy, uh, playing the music, doing things. And your dad has a lot of super fans. Does that sort of thing kind of give you a pressure to be as precise as possible to kind of like, you know, adhere to them as well as put your own legacy together? Or was it just like you just want to play his music? I always wonder why, you know, how would you feel doing that? Well, the motivation to do it was because I love the music. And I thought that when my dad passed, uh, that a lot of people had the wrong impression about what he really accomplished as a musician. Because 
the music that actually got on the radio and reached a large audience was not the music that was most representative of the totality of what he did in his career. Because before he passed, he made, I believe, about 65 albums. I can't even remember all the ones he made before he passed. But uh, since then, uh, at least another 40 have, have come out. So he had so much music that he made, but the stuff that got on the radio were things like Valley Girl or Dancing Fool or uh, Yellow Snow. So these songs, to a lot of people, seem like novelty songs and songs that were kind of joke or humorous songs. Mm -hmm. And that was really not what he was about. So when I decided to embark on playing his music, the goal was to actually not play most of those things that people thought they knew and and give them a chance to hear things that were more uh, representative of his skill as a composer, as a guitar player, as a band leader. And that was my motivation. Uh, but as far as uh, being put in direct comparison to my dad or the pressure that might come from that or what fans might think, I really only thought about it in terms of as long as I play the music to the best of my ability and the band, we focus on the details and the nuances in the music so the music speaks for itself. It doesn't matter anything uh, about me or anything else. It's not about drawing attention to me. It's about uh, drawing attention to the music. And so with that uh, motivation, that's how we set out to, to play the stuff. And I think people received it in the way that it was intended so that um, they could see that this wasn't uh, about anything other than my love for the music. And... That's what I think gave it the longevity, because when I started back in 2006, I didn't know if I was going to do it more than one tour. And we were able to continue for 14 years straight until COVID put a stop to it. Hmm. Um, and I, I, I've i seen a few of those shows that you've done, and I, I kind of said, you know, said that to start. But one thing um, about your dad, like his band members... For a very, very long time, and I get it, the novelty songs about it, but when you dig deeper, we get a different meaning because the band members of your dad, if you auditioned, not necessarily made the band, you auditioned for Frank Zappa, you had this weird badge of honor like you were the best of the best at that time. So does that carry on even with, I know you're a good guitarist, in, I mean, in your own right, but does that still, do you hear stories about that or does that come up? Well, that kind of thing was happening a lot when my dad was looking for different musicians at different times. You know, what you were mentioning where somebody would audition, they would like to have that on their resume because it gave somebody some sense that you had an upper level of skill even if you didn't make the band, you know, if somebody's saying, oh, well, I auditioned for it, that it may or may not be true that they had the skill to have been able to actually possibly make it into the band, but people used it as a, a sort of um, credential. And in, in my situation, I haven't done too many things where we've had uh, a whole lot of... Um, auditioning going on, so it, it hasn't been the kind of same uh, scenario as what you mentioned or what we're just talking about. For me, um, you know, a lot of the people that I've ended up working with have been uh, from connections with people I already knew or uh, word-of-mouth suggestions. I have had some open auditions that, and uh, some of the initial first wave of band members came from some of those things. Um, but I don't think that it carried the same weight for somebody to be able to say, oh, I auditioned for this this project because uh, my dad had been sort of out of the limelight for uh, at least a generation. And so the, the people in the music industry and the musicians around probably didn't have the same sense of uh, 
reverence for what it was mm. um, at at the point when I was doing it. But I do know that uh, you know there there are a lot of musicians out and around these days that are talented and have some of the abilities to be able to play some of this very difficult music. But the most important thing comes down to having the right attitude and being able to work with people. Because when you're touring, you're all on a bus and you're in close quarters and all of these things. So if you don't have the right attitude and you're not easy to get around or get along with, uh, then, uh, you know, for me as a band leader, even if you have the right skills, if you don't have the right attitude, I'm going to choose somebody that has the right attitude and has the ability to improve their skills over somebody that, you know, can already play well, but is just not somebody that I want to be around. So that's an important part of the thing. But, you know, that's not always been the option that my dad had because, you know, you would really want, he wanted people that were going to be able to, uh, play and really be able to do things quickly because he was moving at a very fast pace. And um, so sometimes people would be in for a short period of time and realize that the personality part of it wasn't a good fit and then they'd get replaced. And so he did have more people coming and going um, because of some of those kinds of things. Now that's, that's true. And I, I just kind of want to back that up a little bit. Um, Cause you, you mentioned your dad was, you know, the radio songs were like more novelty, more jokey songs, more things of that nature. But one of that, um, one thing that we pride ourselves here, we tell a lot of jokes on this podcast, but one of the things that we do is, especially with jokes, you gotta have like a level of intelligence to understand the joke, to understand the subject matter and to convey it in a humorous way which takes precision. So this is something I always thought, and I read on the internet, and maybe you can confirm for me. I'm sorry I put such a long tail on this question. But, um, Dweezil, was your dad a drummer before guitarist? Because that would that would understand the precision that it took to make a good-sounding song, but more of a jokey song, but able for radio play. hope that made sense, right? Yeah, well, he, he definitely actually was a drummer, uh, but... Even before he was a drummer, he was interested in composing. So the first thing that he did as a kid was he went to the library and he taught himself music notation from books and he learned about arranging for orchestra and all of that stuff before he even started really playing any instruments. And the drums were the first instrument that he started with, but then he got into playing guitar. Uh, but he had the ability to have the total vocabulary of the consummate musician. He knew every single detail and could explain it in in every conceivable way to whoever needed uh, to understand the information. So he could write it in notation, and if somebody didn't read music, he could easily show them the things that they needed to to know. And he had people in his band that it was a prerequisite that you had to read if you were a drummer or a keyboardist. But it, you find that uh, when it comes to guitarists or singers, that uh, not everybody can read, but they have to have the ability to have... Uh, they can take in a lot of information and learn things quickly, and they have the ability to recall and, and remember it and perform it. So... He would always look for people that had uh, the ability to to do all of those things. If if they could read, that was definitely a bonus. But for certain roles in the band, you absolutely had to read. Uh, like I said, a drummer or a keyboardist, um, they had to be able to read. Now, one thing I, I got I, I got two more questions, and I, I'm going to stop pestering you. But you are a part of the um, Hendrix Experience Holds Electric Church. I've seen that concert. I've seen it live, and it's awesome. But when we talk about the subject of being the best of the best, that cast that you were on stage with are the best of the best guitars. Whether it be your Zach Wilds, whether it be your Kurt Hammett, whether it be whatever city you're in, those are the best guitars in that city at that time. Now, I'm curious... 
out of all of your experience, out of all things you've done, what, in your opinion, makes a great musician? Well, I think there's a couple of different things to think about when it comes down to it. But if you look at a guy like Jimi Hendrix, uh, what makes him have such longevity and what makes him continue to inspire people is that his ability to express himself musically as a songwriter, as a guitarist, as a performer was so completely natural to him. And he gave people a feeling with the music that he created. And he was interested in that. He knew from the beginning that he wanted people to connect and he wanted to invoke a, a feeling uh, through his playing. And I think that if you don't know anything about music, the general thing that draws you to liking something in music is something sounds good to you and you end up feeling something. You're excited, you're happy, you connect with it because maybe the, the music is uh, something that reminds you of something sad, and but it's, it still is uh, an uplifting experience. Music has that weird uh, ability to connect to your life and your memories. And I think that um, to be a really great musician, there are a few different areas that you, you really tap into. And the people that really stand head and shoulders above are the ones that have that natural expression and focus where what they do automatically resonates with people because they're in it because it's so natural for them to feel it and express it. Uh, and then it just translates to people. But you can also be a technically very proficient musician like anybody in an orchestra. People that play music in orchestras are trained to read notes off a page and play them with precision and play them well. Uh, but they may or may not have the ability to write their own music or do something on their own that would create the same feeling as when they play with others. So there's a few different levels of how this all can work. But generally speaking, if you're just talking about somebody that has an innate ability to play and whatever they do, they're able to translate that skill into an emotion or a feeling that somebody can get. That's, that's when it's just totally universal and completely natural, you know, when, and a guy like Edward Van Halen is another example of that. He played the guitar like no one else and it was easy for him because it was just natural for him to do what he did. He didn't have to think so hard about it because he put the time in to learn to play. But when his musical ideas were coming out, it was just a natural expression. Uh, and that's a totally different thing than being uh, learning really complicated things and having to uh, just execute an idea. You know, so things can work on different levels is what I'm saying. I mean... Thank you. And now knowing that, I got one final question because there are a good amount of musicians, young artists who listen to this show. I'm curious, knowing that, and I'm just going to dovetail this, and what is your advice that you would give to young artists starting now, probably going on rewardmusic.com? They're just getting their baby toe in the water. What was some of the advice you would give, you know, people who are starting off now? Well, here's the thing that's so uh, interesting is that um, even with the music business being as difficult as it is, and it truly is very, very difficult to be a part of, there's nothing going to stop that's going to stop people that have the drive to make music because it, they're just wired that way. They love it, and they think about it, and that's what they want to do all day long. So the challenge they have is is trying to figure out a way to be able to fulfill what that drive is to make the music and make something that they get the feeling they want out of that also translates to other people. If if that's the, the main motivation is making the music and, and doing something 
that is part of this creative passion, that's a, a big step towards being able to turn that into a career. Because if you are truly motivated by that creative passion, then you're going to keep looking for ways to make that connection with people and have your music talk for you. Uh, but that being said, you have to be as aware of the pitfalls of the industry as you can so that you don't just give the value of what you do away. And, you know, that's kind of leading us back to where we were talking about reward is it gives you as an, uh, an artist, let's say you're, you know, 15 years old and you and your friends are, are rehearsing in your mom's basement and you want to be able to start a business and make, uh, your music and you want to be able to have t-shirts available and you want to be able to do your own live concert from your mom's basement and you want to have everything that you could possibly do as an artist be ready in one place reward music can help you do that and you absolutely can run that business without a team of people you don't need a record deal or a manager and there are people that have had huge successes without having any of that stuff, you know, straight from the beginning. So if you're somebody that is passionate about music, you can find a way to find that audience and have them come to you and you create that relationship with them and you can do it independently. And we obviously encourage that with, with reward music because we want people to be as knowledgeable as they can about how to succeed and do the thing that they want to do because they have a passion for it. And that's what reward is designed to do is give you limitless possibilities and make it all doable uh, without having a, a team of people to rip you off. <laughs> well, Dweezil, thank you so much for calling to the podcast. I thank you so much. I ate up a lot of your day. But, man, this is awesome. Great talk. And um, thank you for, so much for calling into the podcast. I, I can't wait for so many people to just jump on Reward Music. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, be well in these crazy times. You as well. Thank you so much, Dweezil. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. There you have it. That was a great interview with... The legendary Dweezil Zappa. Please check out his stuff. Please go to Reward Music. Please hit him up on social media. All Dweezil Zappa. Um, please check it out. I want to thank him so much for coming on this podcast, for talking about his projects, talking about um, Reward Music. I, I like checking that out, and I'm going to be doing some more investigating about that because I just like how that I like how the structure fits. Please check it out for yourself. Um, also, since you're in a check it out mood, check out our buddies at the Act Accordingly podcast with Bash and Z. They are wherever podcasts can be found. And um, Act Accordingly with uh, Bash and Z. Check them out. Those are some good dudes over there. Um, that's enough of me this week. I want to thank, again, Dweezil Zappa for stopping by. Uh, please check them out on all forms of social media. Check out Reward Music. And anything related to the podcast can be found at samshownation.com. You can hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at Just Talking with Sam, No G and Talking. Just Talking with Sam, No G and Talking. Just Talking with Sam, No G and Talking at Gmail. If you got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, you can always email us. And you can talk to me personally on Twitter at samshow11. Everything else can be found on our website at samshownation.com. Thanks again, Dweezil Zappa, and I will see you guys next week. Peace out, y'all. Man, this was a Z-friendly podcast. Yeah. All right, then. Peace out.